Yep, it's that time. The Damascus Road, Conversations in Theology. And I'm your host, Michael Damascus. Welcome to episode two of the Damascus Road. So happy that you can join us again. Uh, I'm I'm excited to bring to you this episode. My uh, my spirit was just uplifted by the the conversation that I was able to have with an individual named Janaki Akella. Janaki is one of the priests at a Hindu temple here in Iowa, of all places, and it's located outside of Madrid. Iowa. It's a very interesting story that I got to hear about the temple and uh, its, uh, you know, its architecture and its design and when it was built and the history of it, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but that's not included in this podcast. But it was a, a great conversation. Janaki is a wonderful individual. But we had a conversation on theology where I just asked him a series of questions that originate from. Uh, Orthodox Christianity, and how would a Hindu respond to those? And um, boy, I, I, I believe you're going to be uh, encouraged by the conversation and uh, and learn some things about Hinduism. I I definitely did. Uh, it was it was very interesting. And I I, I want to say up front, as pleasant as an individual as Janaki is and was um, in this conversation, I, I I believe that Hinduism ultimately is a religion that. Um, is is sad, uh, and and I, I I want to come across as as respectful as I can, but it it's sad because what they offer to the individual is honestly just nothing but a hope of kind of melding into a state of being at some point in the future when you don't really know what that will be, but there's no hope of any kind of personal connection to. Uh, God, as you and I would know that. And um, you'll see that in the interview. You'll see uh, me kind of push back on Janaki very gently, by the way, uh, in this conversation. But I hope that you'll be blessed by it. So without further ado, here is that conversation. So do you mind, Janaki, if I ask you a series of questions that are come really from my background? And, and what would a Hindu response be to these questions? I'm very interested to hear this. Uh, from you, how, who would you say God is? Who is God? The typical answer you get is the superpower uh, that moves everything, animate and inanimate things in this universe. Right? Um, and no name, no shape, form. Okay, so no name, no shape, no form. Um, so, not a being, correct, but a force, energy, energy. Yep. Okay. And and all right. So, has that energy? Has God? How how would you? If I'm just going to use the term God, how has God revealed Himself or herself or itself? Again, I, you wanted answers through Hindu philosophy, right? Yes. So. I will answer in with a different question. A lot of people ask me about why do we have so many gods or you know so many gods with different faces and all. And so at temple, I ask this question: If someone were to come to the temple and say, you know, why you have this god, this god, this god? We all are. Let's say we were given a news a, a white paper and said, you know, draw a cat. 
we all are going to draw with different shapes. You know, one cat will have big mustache and, and another will have big eyes and, and whatever our visualization is. Shapes that you see at our temple are what our sages envision. You know, and when they were meditating, that's the form they, they meditated at. Doesn't mean God only has that form. Doesn't mean that's the only form, right? And um, I feel whatever shape, form, because if I eat, the food is getting digested by combination of billions of these cells. You know, he is the one driving force behind that. And he is the same person, you know, when I hit a brake, you know, my car is stopping and it's not slipping and hitting a wall or a road. He's the same person moving entire animated inanimate objects in the world. So he can, he's omnipotent, he's everywhere. And that's the that's most. a part of it. I would I would definitely as agree with. I assent yeah. to that too. And I, um, do you believe that God is um, in that sense? Is he personal? No, he's not. Impersonal. But he is impersonal. Yeah. But he has to be everywhere, right? Because if God is one, then he's personal to me. Then he's not personal to you, right? And I always tell myself, if I'm praying praying one God who gives education Christians are not worshipping that God so they are still getting educated and they are smart people so that doesn't mean that my God is the only God who can give education so it's about God is everywhere in my life and he is everywhere at the same time mm -hmm. that's what we call omnipotent right, and right. he is capable of doing everything at the same time you know billions 7.5 billion people are moving because of God Right. Plus all the planets in the universe, stars. So he has infinite capabilities. That's what I believe. Infinite capabilities. I like that phrase. Um, let me write that down. And this is something that Hinduism, there's a word. A lot of people, if you ask Hindus, they say, Sahasra means thousand. In, 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 in Sanskrit, it is called thousand. When someone says Sahasra, doesn't mean actually it's thousand. It's infinite. There is a, in Sanskrit, there are multiple meanings. And when British translated a lot of poems and all, they translated it with first meaning, you know, which is thousand. But always, you know, there are deeper meanings. So what Hinduism says when Sahasranama in thousand names, it's actually infinite names. Okay. So it's always, you know, he's in, he or she is infinite. Okay. So do you, in Hinduism, do you believe that man mankind was created? Huh, it's an interesting question. Hindu scripts say created and he created and given choice to do that and I think that is where um, the strong connection between Christianity and, and Hinduism is that a lot of times people ask, bad is happening, why, is, why isn't God jumping in and stopping that from happening? Because he's not going to break his own rules. He's going to let his game go on. Right? And, and he gave us choice to make good or bad decisions. Mm -hmm. And we are, we are results of our fortune is the result of our own choice. So in that sense, if man was created, you believe that man has free will. Correct. Yeah, so not he's not fated to be this or that. He That's has a choice. True. Exactly. Interesting. That's very interesting. 
so how can and this is this is really kind of get to the crux of where I really am interested in how can I how can mankind know God there are at least the way I do it is through seeking him he's everywhere you don't really have to search far to find where God is but because just my mere existence is proof that God exists right because I'm breathing and I'm, I'm breathing without even me knowing it right that itself proves God is there we don't need proof but in order to feel God you need to explore and one of my friends said it in a very nice way what gives you happiness you know of his creations is what you should explore you know he likes for example he likes going out and working at um, um, donating food at um, one of the churches and he, he, he's Hindu and he comes to our temple and he cooks food at temple and then he takes them and then serves at the church because he feels you know there are hungry people there it gives him happiness and he sees tears in their face and he gets like thrilled you know like as if you know he's a high mm. and for an artist when he's painting you know he's, he gets that excitement to me God gave you a vibhuti which is a, a skill something that is unique to you mm -hmm. right you know, my skill may be I'm not a doctor but let's say if it's healing people you know surgeries feel that you know God that is God's power through you you are doing that mm -hmm. and if you are able to counsel people you know, if someone is suffering and talk to them and give them happiness do that and that is what I feel you know for me I get happiness when I'm alone you know, so every day morning and evening I meditate for 45 minutes. I sit and and try to feel this inner soul. And sometimes when I meditate, you know, I get tears in my eyes, just feeling that energy. Mm -hmm. And that moment of 45 minutes or so, it gives me the best experience, you know, that why I'm alive. And for some, it's a different thing. You know, I, I think how do you see God is truly identify what gives you that happiness that is beyond definition right you know you eat it you eat ice cream you know you feel sweet but then when you feel God you know when that action is occur like for example when first born is born you know you see that and you feel that joy whatever the joy is you know that joy is something that you cannot quench, you know, that, that type of joy. When you seek that, that is God, I feel. Okay. And so that pursuit, which is different for every human, right. is the path to try to know God better. And that's, that's a really interesting uh, perspective. Now, one of the things I'm going to say, what I'm finding very compelling, is that you have, you have kind of told me that God is impersonal, but you're speaking about him in a very personal way. So help me with that, you know. Yeah, that's a good observation. So because he's omnipotent, right? And and it is my perception of how he is or she is, right? I don't I haven't seen and I haven't met him. But when I sit in and and feel it, it's driving me. And you know when I, I get excited and I'm when when you say you want to meet I came here because we are talking about something about many pur mere purpose of our human life you know so that excitement is what I, I I'm connected with mm -hmm. right? and, and even though it's not personal but experience of that is personal like you know just like they always say right in electricity you don't 
feel or touch you can't see but then you can see the results of electricity it's like that right my yeah. for me i can't see god i can feel i can observe god but then i can observe his actions or her actions okay you're familiar with jehovah witness the that kind of sect of christianity mm-hmm. um they describe because you know we have the father son holy spirit mm-hmm. uh they describe the holy spirit somewhat in the similar way that you just described God they describe the holy spirit as a as a force and they even say that the force is something that our job is to connect to that you know and so you can't see it you can see its influence and its power but you know the you know the, the believers job the jehovah's witnesses job is to connect like an electrical outlet you know you connect into that and then you feel the force you know the yeah. energy and so is that something that you would say you not in the same sense, but is that similar in a sense for you? Your your goal is to try to connect to that power. Yeah, exactly. That is, yeah. There's a stranger in our um, everyday ritual, you know, where nila toyeza matyasta vidhil lekheva vaswara, meaning inside your soul there's a light, and your constant action is to feel that light that you know always has to glow mm. and when you do the happiest things like serving someone you know doing protecting someone or forgiving someone you feel that happiness in you mm. and that happiness is the light that you always strive to lead interesting um Okay, so you've kind of answered this question, but um, does mankind or does do people, individuals, do we have a soul? Oh, I, I think it is. Um, it's really complex. Um, Hinduism says people um, are reborn, right? Right. And if body is burned down, and you are morphing from one life to the other. If people are if something is not changing, what is that thing, right? That thing is soul, and and in in Hinduism it's called Atma um, or soul life. Um, well, how do you spell that? A T M A. A T M A. Yeah, Atma. Atma, Atma is soul. Soul. Um, and uh, that soul is indestructible. It doesn't really have any sense or anything, pain or anything like that. But what we believe in that is where we believe in reincarnation mm-hmm. because if you see a newborn and five-year-old some kids have such a maturity and mm-hmm. they think and they have this respect for god respect for elders i mean they all and then you on the other hand you see someone who is 70 year old does stupid things and it's not just they how they are grown up or brought up it's just something that came intrinsically to them mm-hmm. when they are born and that is what we feel is that maturity level and and this atma goes to through the phases of maturity and when it attains that that as close to god meaning when it starts in maybe life one you know it's at the lowest level but then as changing from one stage to the other and, and then it's transforming are are different are atmas created then Atmas reach God in the end, right? They, so when okay. in, birth is really Atma taking a shape, you know, and then and then eventually when it achieves that 
Are there a, a limited number of atmas? Was there? I mean, but is there an infinite number of atmas? Are are you know? Are there? Because the atmas that are here, the people, the souls of the people, could be former lives, correct? Correct. Yeah, and so, but some could be brand new. This could be their first life, possibly. Yeah. And and but uh, that part, to be honest with you, I don't know. You don't know. Okay. I don't that I don't know enough about uh, Hinduism to answer that part of the question. Yeah. But could be prior prior lives for sure. I know that um, because that's how we attain. You know, when you are when you have reached that moksha level, that is what final nirvana is. When when soul reaches that stage where you cannot. That's that's advaita means. My son's name is that meaning. You don't. You, at that stage, when your atma reaches the level of that maturity, you are not different from God. Hmm. It's not by power, in terms of power, but there's the way, no more maturation to happen. Exactly. And if I can, like for example, right, you are talking to me, and if I can see you, you are not different from me at all, because our soul is exactly the same. I'm connected to. That is the level of maturity. You no longer. Need to be born again because you are at that maturity level of God. Hmm. So that's what Hinduism calls moksha. Moksha. How do you say that? M O K K S H A. Yeah, moksha. And that's the final level. Final, and that then you you merge with God. Okay. It's not heaven. It's it's not like where you go and and enjoy life type thing. It right. is the stage where. You are omnipotent at that stage. You no longer have to be born again. It, it reached the. And do you just become one with that energy at that point? I mean, you're just blank. Your existence just kind of morphs into that. Yes. Okay. All right. I know this might be a mm -hmm. deep question because I'm trying to understand mm -hmm. it. Yep. Did that original first birth, that first mm -hmm. atma, did it come from God? So, what Hinduism again? This is where, um, because we have to believe these versus observe these. Because you know, people who understood that are no longer with us, right? You know, they're already. So, Hinduism says um, God's creation goes in cycles, and 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 it is divided into four parts. Part one being where entire world was absolutely pure. His creations were pure, and then slowly they start changing more, forming into badder things, you know, more sinning and all that. And slowly people go into one stage to third stage, and then you know, individually, you know, the world itself, right? You know, the, what is like to give you an example, Krutha Yuga, that's the creation period. In, in, in Krutha Yuga, people were even entire population was was nice except one demon type, right? Okay. Um, what was that demon's name? Um, in Krutha Yuga, um, first one was uh, Soma Somaka. You know, he stole um, all the things and he started messing with the world. You know, with, with the creation process. And uh, that's he's like your devil, right? Okay. At that time, yeah. And um, that is how. Um, and then we have four parts in in, in that. So the first part is Krutha and then Treta, and, and in each part, 
dharma or the the law becomes crippled by the time it gets to fourth which that is what we are in right now there are no rules mm-hmm. and people mess up everything and 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 you know you see stuff like you know younger children uh, are getting married and you know they are dying people are dying and then thieves and, and you know whatever they people don't have, believe in any kind of law and order you know right. not by government but even god's law and order right that's the that's the age we are in right yeah so that's what we believe. and then eventually law is restored in such a way that a lot of people believe in dharma again and then and being right and so you see majority of the people at that stage become good souls again mm-hmm. so that is the cycle and how many times does that cycle occur ah uh, there are numbers actually in in scripture they they wrote about in after these many year human years right you know right. It, it becomes a, a particular yuga and then these many yugas become gods one day you know and then in in god's life you know or, or, or one night you know it's going to be like billions of years you know so there are calculations about that interesting listed so the in hinduism there's calculations for what the end times would be right that's very interesting um so let me ask you this does mankind have a problem that needs to be resolved or another way maybe to ask it does man need to be redeemed so that's a good question um to me i strongly feel all religions are really looking for direction or leaders you know, i have seen hinduism I've seen christianity i've seen in buddhism um jains sikhs and muslims reason is all our scriptures talk about certain law and order and i see across the board we are becoming directionless because people are interpreting in different ways and and they're telling stories about okay do this you know every religion you know okay you you are sick you know do this and it's going to be gone you know one religion is telling that one religion is telling you know kill these many people and it's going to be gone and then some religions are telling you you know you fast and then something is gone i mean i think people are instead of searching for god we are searching for temporary solutions you know i think uh, i feel um religion became foremost instead of searching for god we are searching something else so do we need redemption it's like thinking about do we need a cap- capital punishment or can a can a temporary jail prison is good enough or you know a, a correctional facility is good enough? i don't know and i'm not i'm not god to tell that but i wish there is better humanity right because i could see you know i was telling one, one day a month or so someone was asking me junkie you came here 25 years ago what did you observe around you and, and i said when i came here people invited me to their houses for christmas parties and then they never saw me as a different country was they saw me as neighbor but these days you know i can't trust my next door neighbor and and people we as human beings lost trust and uh, religion need to do a better job of creating that uh, trust and 
answer your question do we need a reason redemption i don't know i mean that i cannot answer but definitely we need direction who does hinduism say or would they say is jesus so i'm answering this more from uh, i studied in a catholic school oh when wow I was a kid yeah because um, as i told you I, i'm from priest family but uh, my dad liked the school and teachers and and the law they extended so he was fine me attending that and and i studied and we used to go to you know every first saturday we used to have prayers and also it's not jesus is not new to me in that sense and and the way i i i felt is just like i have other gods within hinduism i always um, liked jesus as one other god and to me for some jesus gave that happiness and then when you know they they felt thinking about jesus gives them happiness and to me his symbol of love you know that he's he's i mean when i think about jesus i get tears in my eyes because just to accept that you know struggle he did he has gone through for human beings mm-hmm. and and to change us you know gives me that happiness you know that mm. and for i think this is where christianity in and western hemisphere is slightly different from christianity in and the eastern like india and others in india even the world went to catholic school a lot of people who observe christianity there they don't see jesus as god's son instead they actually see him as god mm. there's slight difference in in observation because they don't even the you know all the books and all speak about like that but truly when when it comes to observation and philosophy they always treat him as god yeah that's and really that, that's a different observation because when i was talking to one of my close friend recently and this topic came and we were talking you know he says he's son of god but then no i say no or the way they always you know they always they always treated you know jesus as god as god interesting and that but those you're you're referring to practicing hindus right who refer to him as a, as god but again i go back to it's really hard for me to kind of get my mind on this cuz you say he's impersonal but jesus would be a personal god right like for example okay so there's a new temple hindu temple it was opened here not a big temple but there's another temple called um, baba temple right mm-hmm. baba was born um, like in 1860s or some sometime like that no one knew about his birthday but uh, he went into that uh, samadhi or um, burial um, in 1919 or 19 right around that time and this treated as guru and and ever since you know there were more followers and then there's a temple here you know for baba hmm. so depending on what you are seeking right you know you can make god personal and and people i believe you know people who are worshiping baba there i go there my wife likes baba and then we go there occasionally is that in grimes i yes, think yes yeah okay i've him. seen it yes okay yeah. i've seen so, him by there to me he had he did some preaching and and he his human form every one of us is god in that sense he may be a higher level than 
normal human being, but he's higher level, close to that final stages. I don't know. Yeah, moksha. Yeah, moksha stage. Yeah. But to me, regardless of who I'm seeing through, I want to see the final result. You know, I don't want to stick to any of the middleman. Okay. And um, so, personal meaning, um, I, I, I just want to stick to the process of you know final. I understand. And that it, it's um, and I'm going to ask you some more questions at, at, towards the end. But what's what's interesting is the language that you utilize. It's even though you seek this God who is impersonal, you want to. It's almost like this connect. You want to have a connection that's personal, and you even describe it honestly in a personal way. But you admit it's not personal. It's no. it, it, you. I cannot see. I feel like you can ask my wife and and. She wants to pray to God so that we get good health and she wants to pray to God so, you know, hey, nothing happened. I don't ask God anything. Hmm. So, there are only, my principle is there are, there, in my life I only ask for God's help or intervention in only two cases. Okay. And case one is, um, 2006 my brother-in-law was super ill. And he was in India, and um, we just got married. And my wife came here. My 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 sisters, uh, my my own sister's husband. And um, I was helpless. And I know I can't do anything. I know doctors can't do anything because he's in like critical ICU and and he's on uh, ventilator. And they said, you know, get your things in order. So I prayed in God, you know, that you know he I could be healed. Yeah. And did he answer? He did. And um, again, I don't, I don't name name God to, because God is everywhere, right? But I, I said, you know, I'm helpless, and 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 he he answered, I guess, you know, or he he did it on his own, or my sister's love, you know, whatever it is, he survived. That's and that's one case. Mm-hmm. And there was another case where um, my neighbor, you know, in Milwaukee, um, they went to India um, when she was five months pregnant, mm. and um, she delivered baby in fifth month. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Wow. And um, when we called, what happened? That um, he said, um, you know, she just delivered, and baby is like that size, yeah. five inches. When she was born, not even you know, lungs did not form properly, and they said you know, and I could not bear their pain, you know, just seeing them, and I said, if for last twenty two years, and at the time I think I was only thirty five, said you know, and ever since you know I'm like thirteen, I've been fasting and I, I'm I'm just praying to God without asking, and I said, if there is any bearing you know of what I have. Please save that boy, you know, that girl. At that time, I didn't even know boy or girl, mm-hmm. actually. And I took water in my hand and I poured in, in, in front of God and said, just help. And he answered. Did the baby survive? Yeah. And she's now, you know, she's a smart student. And she's, this happened in 2009. Oh, wow. So, in both, and, and I, 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 let me finish that sentence because... It's not that you know my prayer saved him 
or her. I feel when you are helpless, right, you know, not for your selfish reason, okay, I'm, I'm going to get a car, you know, I get a job, you know, those things, God gave me strength, you know, to fight on my own. You know, I can, as long as I have energy, I will try to survive, you know, like that. But when you are helpless and when power beyond you, you know, is force stopping you from doing something, all you can do is, you know, just humbly request, you know, there's nothing I can do if you are kind enough help. That's, those are the only two occasions I've, I've asked for help. And it's, and this energy, this force, you believe, acted in some way. Or you don't even know what you're know. saying. You don't really know. But it is interesting in connection with two massive events that you actually did approach this energy asking for this to happen. And it there was. And I told my wife, you know, like I said, each person is different. My wife, she sits and she prays for everything. You know, if, if rice isn't cooked properly, you know, or, you know, if she's making... You know, dinner and doesn't turn out you know she wants that to be happy mm. you know come turn out I mean I I had an elderly gal that would even pray for parking spaces right. exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly my son is like that you know my son is, yeah my son likes that you know he wants to have best candy when he's picking from candy. and that's to me it's, again it's individual choice for me God us gave us this life and use it for mm what you are good at and, and mm -hmm. for the betterment of people around you. Sure. And that's all I do, you know, in my life is be not selfish if I can and not hurt anyone you know, with my words or actions mm -hmm. and um, be transparent, you know, in what I do. And mm -hmm. uh, in those two cases also, that those are the cases where People reached out to me right when I when normally you know, no one sees. I was at that moment that someone was in tears, you know, because delivered and then I accidentally called them, you know, how, how are things going? When are you coming back? Because we usually cook food for them, you know, before they come. Mm -hmm. So asking when are you coming back? Just casual call and then they said just minutes ago she delivered and, and we don't know what's happening. Oh wow. Yeah. And uh, my brother's yeah, my brother-in-law's situation was, you know, yeah, he, he was suffering, and and my dad was there. I couldn't go, um, and uh, I sent my wife to India immediately to do need to take care of family, and, and that was a, again, God changed his mind or will. I don't think so, to be honest with you. Hmm. God is emotionless in that sense, in my opinion. Emotionless. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because if, if they, if let's say there is a destiny or you are supposed to have this suffering, but if he changes, then did he change his law that you know you are to be punished, or did he change his mind because something important were to be done by that person? So he changed. Again, it's hard to explain deeds right. of God in some cases. But best we can or I could do at that time was really raise my hand and say, you know, I'm helpless and I'm really struggling here. So I'm going to come back to Jesus. Um, being that you had a Catholic education, some of this will be very familiar. 
Um, do and I want you to ask or answer from the Hindu perspective. Do would a Hindu say, yeah, I think he was born of a virgin? Yes, Hindus do not question. Generally speaking, Hindus do not. Again, you always find fanatics in every religion, right? You know, some people don't even want to talk about other religion, but the general Hindus believe strongly that you know should accept that. Interesting. How about uh, the fact that he was uh, put on a cross and died on a cross? Absolutely. They would accept that? Accept that. Okay. Uh, and what about his resurrection? Would would a Hindu say, yeah, I believe he came back to life after three days? Yeah. I don't, because they believe strongly that miracle is possible. And um, Okay, so miracles is within, yeah, okay. That's that's cool. That's that's interesting to hear. What about the claim that believers would have that he led a sinless life? Do you believe that Jesus led a sinless life? He was a perfect human. Yes, because that's where a lot of times comparisons are drawn between Jesus and uh, and uh, Rama and Krishna because they they strongly Rama is also a human being, you know, suffered a lot. Um, not not to take someone's pain, but more to prove that you know you can be a human and still not to bend for uh, any any suffering. You know, just be what you are. You know, when when this one king you know takes away his wife and all that, you know, so he would go and fight with that person as a human being, and you know has all the suffering. He's he's kicked out of his kingdom, and many things happen, but. He walks the life of a human being and, and deals with it as it happened. Mm. And um, I think, all, like you said, all three definitely are acceptable in uh, through Hindu lens. Too. And and so for the Hindu, they can say, yeah, I believe Jesus is, would they phrase it a God or the God? So they call incarnation of God, you know, because God Himself is cannot be born, right? I mean, right. you, 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 He's driving everything. Mm -hmm. So you cannot just have a portion just become a person or something. So God can only manifest into multiple shapes. But you know, if God is gone, you know, He's not going to be somewhere else. He's omnipotent, right? So He can only create Himself into one of His energy, right? Mm -hmm. With uh, so in that sense, He can Hindus. Can you know just like other Baba and others, you know they can accept Jesus, Jesus as as a matter of fact in the in India there like Virgin Mary has a temple. Really? Yes, uh, it's a very famous one. It's actually in that mountain, and, and a lot of thousands and hundreds of thousand people visit the temple. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, so what what do you believe about the end times? Um. Because I know we talked about that creation cycle, the four different, and we're in the fourth mm -hmm. part of that. Um, do, is there a point where it's it's just done? History's over. Correct. But that is not, according to Hindu tradition, Hindu religion, it's not anytime soon. That's what they say. Because um, it's thousands and thousands of years, right? So there are, according to Hinduism, there are two reset points. One is the shorter reset point. Meaning, um, at that time when cycle starts, when people become nicer again, you know, meaning that cycle of 
and then that is the first uh, reset point and there is a longer reset point meaning you know everything all the creation is gone you know, including universe and you know, that everything disappears right and then it starts over again mm. so there are two reset points one one is more of the cycle resetting meaning you know people become nicer nicer again, again. so as are do you believe we're close to that reset that shorter reset or do you believe that still you just said not anytime soon do you think we're still a long way away it's still long ways at least um, hundreds of thousands years okay. yet but again there are multiple philosophy right because it all depends on when clock started yeah and in there's not a lot of you know evidence on when the clock started so, so we have in christianity we have people that uh predict okay. the end times you know what i mean just like you said you have people that have calculated this mm -hmm. they've actually um have you had people that have calculated it in prior eras and said it was going to happen at this point no. and then it didn't happen no okay because we have no, that's <laughs> so so that is where actually every day morning right in, before calendar was invented you know we at, at uh, when in morning prayers we don't um, we don't use dates right you know we chant in in the in the sequence that i mentioned right time sequence we chant in that you know so vaivasvata manvantare kaliyuge pradama pade meaning all these are actually sub time time periods when we say that you know in that there is still plenty of time left No, because I haven't finished that cycle, mm -hmm. so there's tons of years, you know. Okay. So we are at least Hinduism says we are not close. Okay, very interesting. Um, and I know what I believe you're going to answer on this one. Are there many paths to God? Well, Hindus in within Hinduism there are like they say you know you can reach God in multiple ways, and so it's very well written and and observed. Even, even if you believe in one God, still there are multiple ways to it. So I'm sure you know there are hundreds of ways. And, okay. And and one of them, you know, like you can you can serve, and you can you can be nice. You can pray. You know, there are multiple paths were written in even Hinduism. You know, has like you can do this. There are people. You know, like I said, fourth sect. You know, in in that you know working class, there are examples where. They reach atonement, you know, or, or reach reach uh, moksha in um, in Hindu stories, you know, when they did something great, you know. Mm -hmm. So, can a can a person reach moksha without realizing they're even doing it? Correct. So they they can actually be mat maturing just on their own accord without even realizing they're following any path or Correct. principle. So it would be possible in your mind then that an even an atheist. Oh, yeah. could become a moksha actually there are so many stories and and uh, um, examples in in hindu hindu scriptures where that happens actually okay. they are the ones who reach faster because <laughs> you know because they are suffering you know they they may have seen suffering and and they they did everything they paid their dues in prior lives you know so they as soon as they come and they finish their business and and, and reach moksha sooner okay do you accept that there is and I, i think i know the answer to this already but that there's a place like christians would refer to it as hell is there a place of eternal torment there is a mention of that in hinduism uh, 
but given Hinduism is so old, right? You know, it's it's hard to um, say you know for sure it, it's there or not, right? According like people who do these these bad things are going to hell. You know, there is that concept, mm-hmm. uh, and then they are reborn again. What would the concept of hell be called? It's called hell. You know, it's all oh, the same term. Yeah. In, in, in Sanskrit, but yes. Yeah, okay. All right. No, I understand. Okay. Yeah, I just wondered if there the was... The concept a... of cell, uh, hell is the same. Only thing is... So, I'll give you... Okay, so a little bit more detail than you may want to know. But uh, let's say um, when someone dies, right? Um, their son or whoever is performing the last rites, you know, they perform some things. And then during that period, um, we read a book you know, that talks about what soul's journey is during those 10 days and then um, as son or daughter we meditate for them and then we feel that you know this meditation gives relief to them during that passing stage and then after the 10th day they reach one point you know depending on their uh, judgment you know if, if they've done more good things you know they they will go to one place and then you know heaven not moksha you know, heaven Mm-hmm. And then more bad things they go, and all that, and then they are reborn again. Okay, so, so that, in a sense, that's kind of like a purgatory. Yeah. So it's like a holding place yeah. before the reincarnation. Correct. Okay, interesting. Okay, as you got to hear, uh, Janaki is just a lovely individual, but um, he is part of a faith in the United States that has become one of the fourth largest religions in our country. Um, of course, number one. Christianity, uh, number two is Judaism, number three is Islam, followed by Hinduism. And Hinduism uh, has in the United States about 2.23 million adherents, uh, which makes up uh, less than 1% of our population overall. It's like 0.7% of the United States population. Most American Hindus are actually immigrants, so they're not necessarily natives here to our country. And the United States actually is the seventh largest Hindu population in the world. Um, One of the things about Hindus in the United States is that they are least likely to be converted uh, from their religion to another religion. In fact, if they do convert, over 80% who uh, claim Hinduism, being raised as a Hindu, uh, over 80% will stay within that religion. Most of them will that do convert, convert to Islam, believe it or not. And uh, a, a tiny sliver of those convert to Christianity. Uh, and uh, the remaining other religions would follow suit after that. Uh, but there is also another segment of those Hindus that just leave religion, period, altogether. And have no faith background whatsoever. And so it's, it's, a, it's a very... Interesting thing, most Hindus in the United States find themselves in a pretty high economic strata when you look at the demographics as well. Um, and uh, that, it's just a just an interesting side note uh, about this religion. Um, one of the things that I found compelling is, and you're going to hear this as the conversation continues, is I began to ask Janaki some questions uh, regarding social issues and uh, the there wasn't a lot of difference in opinion um, between 
conservative, orthodox Christian views and Hinduism on some of these social issues. So take a listen to this part of the interview. I want to switch a little bit into some social issues, if Mm -hmm. that's all right, for a Hindu perspective. And maybe Mm -hmm. you might have to say this is my thought or whatever. But what about the issue of abortion? Do Hindus believe abortion is wrong? So in Hinduism, there's not even a concept of abortion. I mean, killing anyone, right? Whether it is, as a matter of fact, there are cases in, uh, there are in Hindu scriptures, there are stories where as soon as someone is pregnant, you know, they get abortion and then they save that egg and actually fertilize and then make make person out of that. So in entire Hindu scriptures, we haven't seen a single case where, you know, actually that happens. So it is treated as life. Now, is it a, um, is doing abortion a sin? That topic hasn't been discussed. Um, but killing even a, an ant in Hinduism is considered sin. You know? okay. So we. And so generally, you would see the unborn child as a life, right. and you would not condone that. And that's a that would you say that's a widespread belief in Hinduism? Generally, yes. Okay. Now, on the other hand, right, there are always, you know, you, you need to think about what happens, you know, if let's say someone is raped mm-hmm. and in other cases, right, you know, what is the suffering? Is she going to see that rapist face in, in their unborn child, in unborn right. child? You know, that all those things I feel are more of big picture, you know, that, you know, because killing is bad. Agreed. But killing is a criminal, you know, giving capital punishment to criminal is that allowed you know so this unborn child is going to have dads or you know whatever that you know bad habits are so he's going to be next generation criminal in this so in, in hindu history or scriptures there's no incident of abortion so that's there is really not evidence that okay this is right or wrong but in general taking any life is bad okay i accept that what about, you know, we live in our culture right now, there's a lot of different sexual practices. So uh, what is a Hindu's belief on the issue of like homosexuality or lesbianism? Again, once again, this there is no direct mention of both um, things mm-hmm. um, in a sexual way in Hinduism, you know, that, okay, this is going to be, you know, right or wrong. So, okay, and I can accept mm-hmm. that, but do you guys have, for lack of a better term, like boundaries, like... This is one sexual boundary that should never be crossed, like a man and a child, or you know what I mean, something like that, or rape. Um, good, good point, right? So to me, Hinduism talks about um, rest- restraints everywhere. As a matter of fact, you know, they said cannot have too much of indulgence in anything, mm-hmm. and you know, too much of indulgence in food, too much of indulgence in money, you know, greediness. So mm-hmm. there are restrictions, general lifestyle, because in order for you to get to the state of God, you need to be thinking like God. And for God's first quality is forgiveness, you know, mm-hmm. loving and all that. So someone having sexual interest in another person, you know, pure because, you know, you want to try out different things, mm-hmm. that is indulgence. And right. that is counter to the, the, the philosophy yes. of we want to. So naturally, I feel, you know, again, without referring to all the books, naturally, I feel doing craziness like that, you know, in sexuality is forbidden, you know, in that sense. The overindulgence. Overindulgence. Yeah. Now, in but terms of no love, you know, if someone is emotionally weak and you need to provide them solace, mm-hmm. that's emotional. You know, father gives to son. Mm-hmm. 
no one forbids that right. but if you want to do something you know sexually during that time mm-hmm. that is something you know it's it's not natural right and hinduism actually if you see the hierarchy for brahmins even over sexuality is itself is prohibited hmm. you know in the first because they are the ones who are supposed to be detaching themselves mm-hmm. then from the natural things right so drink a lot of things are forbidden for brahmins sure and drinking are you brahmin yes oh okay yeah, okay priest you know yeah that. right so drinking um and uh, do you not drink at all no alcohol no yeah me neither but still but again um and i i don't i would never say that i think that it's wrong to ever drink no, absolutely right? but i i uh, i do this is what i would say in the same same vein that you're describing i believe that it's wrong to get drunk because you've overindulged to a point that you've lost control of all of your senses yeah. but if a guy gets done mowing his lawn and he's hot and he gets a cold beer I don't have a problem with that. Exactly. And the same thing that what you know they say you cannot it's not that drink itself is bad. Just like you know eating so many desserts you know mm-hmm. it's, it's good or bad is not about just the food itself you know indulgence you know that you got to stay away from as many indulgences as, as possible. So what about the issue of uh, and this is this is mm-hmm. going to get really strange but the issue of like transgenderism where a person believes that somehow there was a mistake made god created them wrong and you know like i i'm not a guy i believe i'm a woman what uh, what about that in hinduism how does hinduism respond to that more than hinduism right now in society in indian communities transgenders are not treated properly for sure i mean they are treated not as human beings even right you know they are pretty much treated as um lowest you know and mm-hmm. that, that is unfair in my opinion cuz i think are, i think mistreatment of any human is wrong yeah exactly now if they feel one way and they feel the other way you know again as long as you know they don't change the society norms they can keep it to themselves you know they, they they i don't i don't want them to change the society norms you know because one thing that hinduism believes in is aachara prabho dharma meaning what we practice should come from the community hmm. it should not be like there is a rule that no one follows then you can't really you know that's not a rule right we as a community set the rules you know if 100 people in a community cannot accept one person you can't change 100 people for that one for sake of one person you and i are in agreement on this <laughs> it's you cannot so, make 100 people suffer because of one person right and i believe like we're in a public library and um a lot of public libraries have had uh drag queen story hours for children i personally don't like that i don't think that that's fair i don't think that should happen you know some people embrace that some yeah. people think that's fine but again that's not the norm and i don't know that i'm i'm on board with something like that yeah exactly so this is where um you know philosophy is different you know if you this question in prior HTCC stand is different i don't know uh, without consulting the board but to me just like 911 right after 911 every airport terminal became hell right you know mm-hmm. security checks because someone did stupid thing and if some people feel they are not welcomed in the society 
Power means they have way to express it, but at the same time, society cannot change hundred percent to meet one. One, right? Agree. It's it's not. There are reasonable accommodations, right? We don't want to outcast someone feeling that you know they. As I said earlier, hate in any form is not good, mm -hmm. but there has to be a limit to the extent that community can go. Mm -hmm. Okay, and if if it means you know strip searching everyone for. Because something happened, you know, it's not a good thing. You know, I agree. Yeah. So there has to be a, a meaningful way in that uh, this can be handled. Wow. Well, Janaki, this has been an incredible conversation. I've learned a ton. I want to be able to um, maybe get a chance to see the temple. I hope that you were blessed by the conversation that you heard today. Uh, again, Janaki was an incredibly pleasant person to speak with. But one of the things that I am left with after the conversation is, is a sadness, kind of an emptiness uh, for the religion that he is an adherent to, because there is really no real hope of a personal connection with a God, although you can see uh, in that conversation he struggled with even being able to communicate about his religion without having that personal connection to, uh, to a God. Uh, and, I, and I find that very sad. He wasn't even able to sufficiently answer the question if mankind needs redemption or not. And, uh, and, I, and I think that that is sad. Uh, and that's why uh, I, I believe it's important for us, uh, if we do come in contact with those who are adherents of Hinduism, even though the odds are stacked against uh, a person ever converting from Hinduism to Christianity, I think it's important that with love, with gentleness, and with respect, that we show them and, and speak with them about the truth. And uh, that's, that's the only way we're going to bring hope into their world. To, they long for that connection. You could see that in the way the conversation addressed. And we, we were speaking with a priest of Hinduism. So uh, you can see that they still long for that personal connection with God. And we actually can help them connect in that way that they long for. So my friend, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I am so glad that you listened and stay tuned. Episode three will be out sometime in the near future. God bless. See you on the Damascus Road.